Welcome to the New Books Network. Good morning, good evening, good night, NBN Entrepreneurship and Leadership. Personally, I'm fascinated by the story. Trust is an underrated weapon in the business landscape. I'm a really, really strong believer in learning by doing. What's the definition of success? You're trying to come up with an answer to the question. But go ahead, Richard. You could be right, but you're wrong. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever time of day it is. Entrepreneurship and Leadership Channel listener on the New Books Network. We're launching our second series Welcome back, listeners. And Kimon, what have we got on in today's episode? We're back. Looking forward to it. It's uh, actually I really enjoyed doing this last uh, last season, and I'm looking forward to doing it again this season. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, what have you been up to? Before we get into what we're what we're going to talk about today, what have you been up to? What did you do this summer? Well, I had a couple of visits to the UK to see my family. I went up to Scotland a few days at the Edinburgh Fringe, which is fantastic. And Did you do went... your stand-up comedy there? No, no, but I've got a plan to do a week's show in August 2022. If, if August... Listeners, listeners, get if you want to get exclusive tickets to Richard's stand-up show in Edinburgh, how do they do that, Richard? How do people find out about about this? Oh, well, you have to go to Ed Fringe. And this is... A, this is too much information to get into the podcast. It's a the Edinburgh Fringe. Show notes. The Edinburgh Fringe is the largest comedy festival in the world, and fifty-five thousand shows in a month. And it's uh, four years ago. I did a thing with a couple of family members. The idea is a village at the city, but I don't have approval yet. And I promised to write a plan. I didn't promise to write a plan by the end of. the end of September and time. So is I know ticking. for those listeners out there, I know it's hard to believe you, if you've been listening to this podcast that, that Richard is funny, but he's actually really funny. Hmm. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> he's actually, and, he's and, actually, he's actually a stand-up comedian. And that is not a joke. So no. on, 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 on we go, on we go. Uh, there are many things you don't know about both of us, but in this episode, we don't have a guest and we're going to be reflecting on reflecting on some of the common themes from the first season and some things to look forward to. And Kima, we've noticed a lot about ego of the, the egos of the entrepreneurs we've interviewed both up till now and in the future. Um, and it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because on the one hand, many of them are highly competitive. On the other hand, it's not all about them, is it? I mean, yeah, this uh, ego for me is something that is a really interesting subject uh, and topic here in business. I mean, it, it like who you are and how you perceive yourself, um, it may play such a major impact, particularly if you're an opportunity, if you're an entrepreneur and you're, let's say you have a top role in the company, you're CEO or you're founding, or you're one of the founding founders of the company, um, how you manage your ego and allow it to interfere actually a lot in, in various aspects of the business. I think that is a, obviously a lot of these people, it is, as you said, what's really interesting about it is there's like, there's like, there's, it's two sides. Like a lot of people, if they didn't have a, a big ego or a, a, let's say they were confident and they believed in themselves and you know, you need that in order to go out there and set up a business and like take chances and, and you have to believe in yourself. But it, so, so there, this is, it, it's kind of like a, it's a very interesting it's very interesting. On the one hand, you need that, but on the other hand, at some point in many different aspects of the business, it can actually uh, be a limitation to how far you can, how far you can go, and it, it can limit it. You know, it can limit many aspects. Um, I don't know if you want to add on to that, but there's there's quite a few areas that we've sort of identified where this 
where this comes uh, t- into play. Yeah, t- totally. And I think one of the things I hope we're doing with this podcast is revealing the gap between some of the stereotypes of, of business people, of entrepreneurs, and the reality. And sometimes there's an image that someone's the boss and they sit there firing out orders and they're in a position of great power. And in fact, although you do have authority and power, very often the skill of the entrepreneur is handing it over to other people, kicking off with, with clients, because obviously to the extent you're in charge, you're only in charge up to the point you're doing what your clients want. So do, do you, if we think about ego in the sales process, that, you know, how far, because the CEO has to be, don't you think the CEO has to be good at sales almost always, Kimon? I mean, personally, I've, that's, I mean, that's, that's just a personal preference of mine. Um, I believe that, you know, if I'm like creating the perfect company or whatever, like creating a company without any, just from scratch, um, I would want my, you know, you can have, so like who can be your CEO? You can have your CEO can come from finance, your CEO can come from sales, your CEO can come from operations. Um, I mean, those are pretty much like the, the general, uh, oh, and obviously the CEO can come from tech. So those are like the, probably the, the main areas where the backgrounds, the, the, the business backgrounds that people would have to then become CEO. And, you know, of, of all those, um, I would tend to choose a, a sales background because uh, at the end of the day, no matter how great your product is, no matter how great your tech is, no matter how great your processes are, you need, to, you need those clients to, uh, you know, the clients are the fuel for growth. The clients are the fuel for everything. Basically you do in that business. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, so I mean, that, that's, so like, that would be my, that's sales is, uh, you know, sales background is definitely my preference for, for the CEO. And I'd, I'd say that obviously almost, ex- I think entirely we interviewed people doing business to business businesses, not selling to consumers, obviously, if you're, you're right. the C- CEO of a company like Coke, you're probably. A- no, there was um, uh, Shimon, uh, CDN. Oh, that was, I guess that was B2B, but he also had uh, a, a very small, it, it almost mm. felt like re- retail, you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. of the, the small size of the businesses mm. he was selling to, like yeah. mom and pop uh, shops, the, grocery the, stores. The other thing I'd, I'd, I'd say for someone listening to this thinking, well, I don't feel like a salesperson, could I be a, a CEO? Is that if you're motivated, a founder, if you're motivated, A, you can learn it up to a reasonable level, and B, you're also thinking about in your sort of self-awareness mode, what are you weak at and make sure that one of your co-founders has got that skill that you're, skill that you're lacking because is very much about building a team. And I, I think with resp- with sales, you have to get good at handling rejection. Akeem, and you, you've done quite a lot of sales personally yourself. And I've had it, so it, much rejection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert. I can give you a, a theory. No, uh, it is true that, um, but see, these are the, like, let, let's not get off track in terms of like, we're talking about ego here. And for me, all of this stuff, having, having, a big ego, or I'm not even sure how to even say this, but because it sounds like a negative thing, but having this self-confidence and this belief in yourself is it's it's, it's hugely important in the in this process, in the sales process, and actually what you're just talking about right now, Richard, and being able to um, handle rejection. I mean, like like if you can't like basically if you're trying to set up your business and you can't hear no. You're going to hear no like 90% of the time, like 95% of the time from everybody. You're going to hear no from clients, no from potential people you want to hire, no from suppliers that you want to work with. You're just going to hear a lot of no. Um, and if you can't deal with, with that, you, you have to have that belief in yourself and the belief in your vision and to keep going forward. 
So yeah, maybe we should. Do, I think you're, you've drawn attention to sort of defining our terms, and you know, there's a kind of quiet self-confidence, which means you can handle rejection and handle disagreement because your ego or your your self-confidence is such that you can easily handle someone saying no to you because it doesn't shake you and it's the people who are a bit more fragile psychologically who you know they shut people down in meetings or they don't listen or they shout or they get angry when they're challenged and that's a sign of having a a, a sort of big ego with which often goes with an underlying lack of self-confidence don't you think yeah i mean i don't even know it's or is that just yeah is it or insecurity, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm trying to even under. I'm trying to even think about the definition of ego here, and to what extent is it like it is a a fragile ego may crave things. You know what I mean? May crave this center of attention, and may crave this uh, uh, this feeling that they of you know that they've that they've they've had some success or they've done something right, basically. And I think that I, I think that that's where. And, and then the, what you call rejection or being wrong, that, that's, that, that, that's just, that's traumatic to, let's say, the fragile ego. But what's interesting here is that, so, I mean, that's, and that's just another type of issue altogether. What I was driving at was very self-confident people, people that have big egos, that drives it. That's the thing that takes the whole thing forward. But at some point, that's also a bottleneck. And you need to learn how to rein it in. And, and, and how to actually let other people, you have to actually live, get, leave some air for the other people to breathe, basically. Um, so yeah, I, I, th that's where the real challenge, I think that's the biggest challenge for the entrepreneur, actually, is that they, 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 they have this powerhouse energy, they're in there, they bring it, they, they get the thing together, they bring the clients in, they, they manage to do stuff, but then it's all about them. And can they let go of that? Can they can they leave room for the other people to grow and develop and to also, ever you know you have to you, you just can't be a one man or one woman show. Yeah, and I, I think that that touches on interesting things about you know a lot of the people we interviewed were highly competitive people who they talked about how they beat their kids at sports and board games and liked winning yeah. when they were a kid in sports teams or different type of games, and quite often. The entrepreneurs, uh, at least in the early days, are trying to prove something. You know, they maybe they were like the the bullied kid in the playground in one case, or they were like they were felt marginalised, or they had issues with the way their family was regarded, and they needed to show something. But as the business begins to succeed, that that begins to drop away, and then there's a question of what what they evolve into as things change. And I think that this business of you know at what level of business is the founder entrepreneur the right the right person to be running it is a very important thing and at what stage they're still running it but they're delegating a lot of authority through to their you know their senior their senior team or the people they're hiring i mean i truly believe fundamentally that small businesses the biggest barrier to their growth is the entrepreneur I, I, I really do believe that. And I think the ones that truly grow and the ones that are truly successful are the ones that can let go. And, and, and there's a lot of, and, and I think it's very hard. Like, I just see this a lot. I mean, I really, I do see this. And I, how can I? I, I, I have to do this. I have to do that. Like, it can't run without, because, and, but that's, it's all tied into me. Me, 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 me. And that's where that, there's, that's where that ego is. And I don't think this is, it's not almost, um, it's fear of like uh, letting go. I mean, of, 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 cause it's not only like, I, I feel like we're presenting it 
in a very negative way. And it, it's, you know, there's a lot of love and care that's in there as well. It's not just, it's not just, uh, uh, oh, I, I need to be the center of attention. It's all about me, me, me. It's more like, I, I'm afraid that if I let go of this thing, if I drop the ball for a second, if I don't keep my eyes on it, that it's going to get screwed up. And, 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 mm -hmm. and, and, and so that, 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 that's, that's, you know, that's also another part of it. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, relationships with employees and, and customers and, Part of a good relationship involves trust, and in some cases, maybe the ability to lead and the ability to be an entrepreneur is to trust in a rational, appropriate way. And it's very hard. And I think one reason people sometimes don't let go is because they just don't trust the people around yes. them or, or who report to them. So, yes. you know, but then you can't. But on the other hand, we have documents, we have contracts, we have NGOs, NDAs or non-disclosure agreements, non-competition. So what, what do you feel about how far an entrepreneur should be trusting clients, suppliers, the bank? Well, you're talking people? to you're speaking to the uh, I've had this conversation with a lot of people and I, I would I would almost say like when I want to talk about myself or my own success, I would almost say that my number one weapon in my number, the, 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 the thing that is probably, that, that has been maybe unusual is just because basically, look, if you're going to get screwed over, you're going to get screwed over. My attitude is this. I'd rather not focus on avoiding getting screwed over. And I'd rather focus on growing and trying to make stuff. And you know what? If I get screwed over from time to time, it's going to happen. But like the energy I lose on preventing from getting screwed over is a lot of wasted energy. And I think that a lot of people are protecting and not trusting and stuff like that. And they're just wasting a lot of time. Like I've been screwed over, but whatever. It's like, it's, it, I think overall, not worrying about being screwed over has paid off massive dividends because I've just had positive energy working on things that are positive. Protecting yourself from getting screwed over is, is, is negative energy. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, you're wasting, you're, you're just wasting energy. It all should be focused on, 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 on positive, on positive things. I, I think another way of putting that, I think we're very much on the same page here is that trust is very efficient. You spend so much less time getting things done if you trust people. However, right. just, just, just to be clear, uh, it has to be rational trust. You wouldn't give a single, you wouldn't give a, a new person access to the company bank account with no limits to what they could transfer out of it. You know, the, the, there have to be processes in place to to keep your organization secure and understanding the right balance between trusting people up to agreed limits. And, and then when you delegate- yeah, I mean, those yourself, are like serious things. I think people struggle with, uh, do this job, and then <laughs> what are you doing? Have you done A? Have you done B? Have you done C? They just don't let them do that. They, they say do this and then they just don't let them do it. And that, you know, that, that, like it's just, that's a very basic management like thing. Like, can you please do this? And then check, you know, and this is like micromanaging and making sure that mm. they do everything. Micromanaging is, is, is absolutely a case of distrust. I mean, totally, that's, totally. That's and, and, and actually, this comes back to something that, you know, universally, the successful entrepreneurs we, we talk to and are going to talk to have found a way of bringing, bringing the best out of people. And that is, you know, there are many different ways of doing that, but there are some common themes. So maybe, could you reflect on, apart from trust, which we've covered, what, what else, if you think about building a great company, what, what have our successful entrepreneurs or you done to, to, to bring the best out of people? Well, I mean, you, you can call it trust or not trust, but it's also there's freedom there. It's freedom to make it, it's it's all connected. I mean, it's very hard to to sort of disentangle trust from it. But I, but you know, the freedom to make mistakes 
is okay. Like not, to not be like, obviously you don't want to, you, you want to have a process where if you make a mistake, okay, you learn from it and you don't make the same mistake again, but you want to have a, a, a culture where people are not afraid to try different stuff. Otherwise you're not going to be innovative. You're not going to create new things. Um, also, you're not going to be able to adjust quickly to clients needs. You're not going to be nimble. So like you, you do have to foster a sense of uh, empowerment um, in, in people. And, you know, really it's like hire talented people and get out of the way. I mean, really it's, it's, it's like, that's like a huge piece of it. And that sounds so much easier than it is. I think, I, I mean, for a lot of people, they just can't, they, they just can't get out of the way. I mean, they just can't, like, I just see it time and time again. They just, they just can't, they can't, they can't let go. And the one, and I, and I do think that your ability to scale and to grow fast is, is very, very much tied to, to, to the ability to let go. Mm. Yes. And I, I, you mentioned the word process, you know, a process to pick up when mistakes go, go wrong and empowering people, trusting them at the same time, having structure and processes, which actually frees things up. So it's not just complete chaos, but as you bring people into the organization, it's clear, you know, the way we do things, you know, having, uh, you know, the company culture is absolutely embedded, not just in some BSE slogan on the website, but actually how people are greeted, how they're welcomed, how they're onboarded, how they're, how they're managed. There's a whole lot of simple but incredibly important things in the background that that actually engender trust because people know they're going to have an appraisal and you know sometimes there's a it's not it's not a chaos it's uh it's trust within trust and what else yeah i mean you're absolutely right i mean you know obviously you hear about all these startups i mean yeah (laughs) i'm not sure that anybody wants to work in chaos either so having some processes in place having some structure in place uh, you know, it, there has, you have to have some basic things. You have to have some basic things, and clearly, you have to have put some basic things in place, um, you know, like a basic structure of the company, basic way the company works, basic management structure, um, and then and then you can you can then then we can talk about the freedom. But the, yeah, you need freedom. You're, you're absolutely right. You definitely need some structure because uh, 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 freedom without structure is basically going to be chaos. Yeah. And actually that leads into something that I know we, we've noticed a lot, which is the importance of clear clear communication and clear decision-making as well, which is you know, having a how people find things out. I'm, I'm trying to think if there are examples of really great communicators. I think many of the people we talked to actually cared a lot about communication. What, 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 do you think communication should be verbal, online? How, how, what's the best way for someone listening to figure out how to communicate if they're building an organization? I mean, I'll tell you this right now. This one is like, is, I, I would call it, a, I don't want to call it a failure, but because I, I think in my uh, like business experience, I tried, I think I did okay, but I just think it's so hard. Like it, it I, sorry, it never felt good enough is what I want to say. It never felt that it was good enough. Uh, so I don't think you can ever over communicate. I really don't think you can ever, over, you're, you should strive to over communicate um, in terms of how you communicate. I mean, you know, right now we are in, in a very dispersed model where people are working all over the place. I would really love to say that face-to-face is the best because it is the best form of communication. But I think the best companies that are coming up now are going to find ways to create sort of like a unified culture, glo- like a, imagine across the globe, across time zones, so you can somehow all feel you're part of one organization and one entity. And that, so like we have the tech, the tech is awesome. Like there's like lots of uh, te- technology now that helps us with that. But the challenge is massive. The challenge is almost harder because like now everybody can work from everywhere. 
And so how do you keep, a, how do I feel that I work for this company and what are the values of this company and, and, and why do I like working for this company? Because you know what, if you can't instill anything other than I just come to work, like, and I do my work and I get paid money for my work, you're not going to be competitive. You're, it's going to be hard to keep people. People want more than just, because otherwise it's just a job and it's just money. And I can get a job and I can get a money from lots of places. If you want people to sort of like stick with you and stay with you, you need to find a way to feel that they're part of a culture or an organization. Um, and then, you know, and then how do you do that? So I'm, I'm not sure that I'm answering your, I think I'm giving you more problems than, uh, than answers, but I, but it is a big, but it is something that you, uh, I think it's extraordinarily important. Uh, one, one, one advisor I had when I was running a company said you know, the first way to first step to solve a problem is to diagnose it and describe it, name it accurately. And, you know, I think if, if, if our listeners take away from this, that communication is really important, that's an important, that's a very important lesson. And, and don't I, underestimate it. Don't underestimate it because you're never doing it as much as or as well as you think you are. Yeah. I mean, I, really, one, 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 I don't think I don't think we spoke to him or not yet. But once a year, I know that he sits down every month and he writes a newsletter to the entire company giving all the finances and, I, and I, uh, all the finances, what's going on. And, you know, it's also to do with trust that you know, sometimes you get very secretive boards and they, you know, they say, yes, talk quietly when they're talking one. about the wheat results because share your might, numbers, you know. share everything. It, like, I mean, this is a personal pet peeve of mine. Uh, I feel like this was, I think it's opening. I think it's changing, but I've always been very open about like information. Cause you know what? I don't care if the, like, you know what? I'm ready to give my competition everything. Go ahead and try to build it. It's not easy. Knowing and making are completely different things. It's not like I have the secret um, salsa uh, recipe that uh, all you have to do is put these ingredients and now you're going to have my secret salsa and, I, and you're going to be able to sell my secret salsa to everyone. No, I'll give you the ingredients of how to make this company, but good luck in, in, in actually trying to do it because there's so much more to it than just knowing the ingredients. So I think share, so I mean, because I think that's what people get caught up in is they don't want to share because what if the competition finds out? Oh my God. It's like, you know. Yeah, and, and of course, communication is internal, which we were just discussing with, but that communication with clients and this sort of, this is the old truism that you've got one mouth and two ears. You have to really listen to your clients, think, you know, what do they think they want? What do they say they want? What do they really want? And you're understanding yeah. the problems that they, they really have. And of course, having a sense of the value you're bringing to them because you, know, you can have your vision. One of, our, one of our interviews had a really nice vision of writing a particular wrong in a particular technical process was the vision for our company. The key thing was the clients agreed with her. It's all very, you know, your, your clients need to be on board and if you can't communicate what but the this point is, is. Let's go back to ego. This is, this, if you, if you can want to circle back to ego, this is not like, like that's where people fail again because their ego, they know what's right. And they barge in and they tell, you know what, even if you know what's right, even if you know exactly what to do, that's not the right thing to do. It's as you said, Richard, it's actually ask and listen and allow people to express how they feel, to express their concerns, you know, because that's a huge, because you're just like, if you, you come on, you're just going to come across as an asshole and a know-it-all basically if you, if you come in all the time and barging in with the answer without listening to people. So that, but that's an, that's, that's an ego, that's an ego issue right there. Another, another ego issue basically. 
Yes, and we, we had a funny. I had a funny board meeting this morning with a smaller company. We sell automation tools to, for photographers, and the the CEO was reflecting that most of photographers don't want what we do. <laughs> we were kind of laughing. I said, well, yeah, the future of it. And it, fortunately, there are enough of them who do, but they're rather so arty people who think more about the creative side rather than the grunt work of automating automating their processes. And you know, you need to make sure your customers agree with your vision, or you're screwed. But let, let's um. If we we're talking about stepping aside and the ultimate way of stepping aside and recognizing that you're not the key person is if you actually hand your business over to new owners, so selling your business. And Kimon, I think you've acquired businesses. I'm not sure how many times you've you've sold a business. I think you know. I think you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I know. When you, you say know. when you say you know, you don't know. Well, maybe you got if to... you don't know, then who knows? Um, well. On Are you referring our, our, to GrammarGenie.com? <laughs> when we when we when we were when we were preparing, we put this lot of uh, dear listeners. We put a lot of time and effort into the preparation for this. We we up on the list of things is selling a business, and which is reflected in not having the sense that it can only be run by by the by the founder. But no, but if we think about the people we talk to, all the people we've talked to, quite a few of them have sold their business. Actually, that's true. That's true. And. Um, you, I, I saw lots of different things there. <laughs> I, I saw a guy, I saw people that were very unhappy uh, with it, and they like it was a, it was a catastrophic actually thing. Uh, and then I, you know, and then I, I saw people that were just like, you know, they 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 watched it, then deteriorate or become something else that they didn't want it to become. And then people that are very happy, and they were basically they used it as a stepping stone to going on to bigger and better things. So. Um, I, I think, but I think that's the, but I think what you're getting at or what you, what we're talking about here is it's like the ultimate, it's like the, like, okay. In a lot of respects, everybody thinks, oh yeah, you sold your business. You're rich. You made a lot of money. Congrats and all that. But it is the, it is an ultimate, it is an ultimate ego thing because if you're the founder and CEO of a company, like you get used to being, you know, the person basically, whatever, in your little, no matter how small or big you're in some circle, you're the person, you're like the chief, uh, the, the, the main person of that, of that group. And, 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 um, and particularly if you founded it, you know, everybody, wow, you did this. It's, you know, this is your baby and all this stuff. And that's true. But it's, if you, once again, I believe that, and I, I think this has been proven out even with Google and stuff like that, that, like founders can take their businesses and should take their businesses only to a certain level. And then really, if you want to grow it further and take it further, you should bring in prof the professionals, the people that know how to do it. Because let's be honest. I mean, I never had a job. I never did anything. Like I don't like I'm a generalist and, and you know, maybe some of these entrepreneurs, they had specific, they worked and they had specific skills, but they don't have all the skills, you know, then you need, you need the, you need the, you need the specialists. To, to, to be able to go to the next level. And, and, and so that really requires you to say, you know what, I'm just not able to do this. Basically, I need to find the people that can. And so that's the that's 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 the big that's the big thing. But, but there's more than one way of achieving. I mean, obviously, one option is to sell 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 the business. Another is to bring in outside management while remaining remaining a shareholder. And in order to do that. So I, I think quite often people who sort of come from the startup culture, 
which is a very popular. We're recording this in 2021. If you're listening to this in 100 years time, this, uh, at this time in human history, the startup culture was very high profile and fashionable. People automatically assume that you know the exit is the goal. You, is the sort of what might be called the Silicon Valley model. You have an idea, you raise some money, you build a company, and you sell it. And that's not necessarily the only way, is it, Kim? The only way for what? The only, to the live only your way life? To, <laughs> to yeah, live your yeah. life? <laughs> the, 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 it's, it, it's not, I mean, I think it's a great question to ask someone who's founding a company, you know, what, yeah. what are your potential exits? But, but people don't necessarily have to exit, do they? That's what I'm saying. No, I mean, like, it depends what you want to, it depends what you, people, some of these, some people have lifestyle businesses. They just have a business that provides them with a very nice lifestyle and a, a, a level of flexibility. And from, from their perspective, there's no reason to grow it. It's, you know, you have to keep sustain it at a certain level, but there's no reason to grow it and to get more and to have more headaches. You know, as long as I'm able to travel and not work so much and I have hire some people to manage the basic operations and, you know, I keep my basic clients there and, you know, from time to time I get a new one or I get a referral, you know, that's a very comfortable way to live. And, you know, I, I don't think people like, so that's like a completely different model. Um, you know, and then, I mean, I think ultimately you're not being responsible if you're not figuring out what to do with your company. I mean, like, I think there's just a lot of, you know, you have employees, you have clients, you have, you know, suppliers and everybody is wants to grow and do, you know, do more, get the latest stuff, get the, you know, whatever the latest process or technology is they want to, you know, if you're not, if you're not sort of engaged in that, you're ultimately going to wither and way and die. So um, I think that either it's like either you're the you're taking it and you've got the energy and you're the you know you're Elon Musk or you're somebody who's just whatever super motivated and and has a vision and is you know getting a great team around them and taking it somewhere or you're handing it off to somebody else who, who who's going to do that basically. So you provide those opportunities for your clients and your employees and and and, and so on. Totally. I mean, I think one way of stepping aside is to find new leadership because we're going to talk a bit about recruitment but if you're trying to get talented people to join join the business and you're the owner and it's a lifestyle business and you don't really want to it grow, doesn't sound you know, it doesn't it, sound awesome uh, no I, and you, know, you imagine and you, then you, you pay them a shitload i mean you can there's things you can do but still like are you going to get the really ambitious like you know there you know there's a limit to that basically yeah, and, and also, and another thing is to think about your role in the business. It's a truism that came up. It's not we didn't invent it, but it's the idea of working on the business, not in the business. And if you, if you're the 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 founder CEO and you're absolutely essential, you're actually involved in the delivery of products and services to your okay. clients. Uh, or you're, you, you've structured it so that every important decision is taken by you and you get sick or you have a heart attack or you know you have a nervous breakdown or you're going to a divorce or whatever it is and you can't do the job, the company... Can collapse yeah. and, and and it's not just you and obviously financially that and can obviously be that is not responsible totally, there's other exactly. people that are depending on you you're so. not just looking not looking after your own interests you're you're not minding your business you're minding your own you're not minding your own business you're not looking after your own business but you're also letting down the people who depended on you who came to work for you so so i think a good a good question to ask uh, yourself if you're a, a a responsible leader is you know what what's going to happen if either by emergency or by intention, I need to step aside, you know, get ready for that moment from quite early on. Yeah, I mean, the best leaders uh, are redundant, can be made redundant, 
because they've trained up, you know, the best, the best people are people that, that, that take care of their people and they train up their people and they give their people opportunities. So great organizations will always have, you know, this, and this will be like a never ending circle, right? So they'll always be ready, somebody ready to step up because there's always these, whatever great leaders have been training their people and, and prepping their people. And that is an issue. And you know what, once again, we come back to ego because that's a blocker. In my opinion, that's a massive blocker. I think a lot of people, I actually, I mean, in, in my business experience, unfortunately, I would say that it's not the majority of people that have this majority of people are thinking about themselves and their job and their position. And while they may be good managers on some level, they care about their people and they want to, they, they make sure that they're well comp compensated financially and stuff like that. They don't really like, they really care about themselves and they really care about their own uh, position in the company and what is their career path. Whereas there, ha I, I know people who actually truly care about developing um, their people. And that, that's actually the real blessing. If you are working in a company to have a manager who actually truly wants you to get better and wanting you to get better might not always look like what it looks like. It's not that they're sending you off to trainings. It's like they're, they're giving you tough things to do and they're putting you in tough positions and asking you to solve them basically. Um, and then obviously they have your back, uh, you know, if things don't go right or things go wrong, but, but, uh, but, but, you know, sorry, I just a full circle about the ego. I think it require, like, if you're focused only on yourself and you're, and you're, you're totally egocentric, I don't think you're able to do that to be perfectly honest with you. No, 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 I think it's a, it's a good reflection. I'm not sure it's completely connected to what we're saying with, but thinking about what a good leader or a good boss is, you need, a good boss gives you tough feedback because an ambitious person wants to grow. And, you know, the, the boss who just says, good job, thumbs up and walks on, doesn't give you any chance to be better at what you're doing than you are at the moment because you need to have someone who hopefully has got a, a wider vision and more information and say, well, you, that's really great you did it like that, but if you did that thing, get better. I, I met an incredibly talented young man a few days ago who was really weak at speaking to a crowd and he was very open. You know, he'd traveled a long way, working really hard. And I said, "You can I give you some feedback? He said, sure. And he said, you really need to work on that because you're so good at everything else. The fact you can't really address a room will hold you back. And he, you know, he, he appreciated that. And that's only one small example, but yeah. a, a, a boss who a boss who cares about his people will care about making them I, I just I just want to continue this thread just a tiny bit because it doesn't always look like what you think it looks like. It's actually going to be the tougher bosses, the people that are going to be perceived as tougher. They're actually the ones that are looking out for you best because it's sort of like what you said, like this thumbs up, high five, good job. It's actually the ones that are actually giving you, you know, it, it, and it, it, it is a fine line to be, have you ever seen that movie? Uh, was that movie about the drummer? Remember that, like the teacher? Uh, whip, was it Whiplash? Yeah, Whiplash. Yeah, he, yes. he's like, it's like, that's like the ultimate example of like, he was driving his student to be the best possible version that he could possibly be through. It was extraordinarily abusive and all that stuff. So that's obviously, that's obviously taken to an extreme. But the, but the, the idea is there, there is a sort of, I want you to be better. And so I need to give you, I need to, you know, I need to give you, like, I need to be tough, basically. You need to be tough on your people, but there's a, it's a combination of tough love. You know what I mean? You also have to be soft and loving and understanding because people have personal lives and situations and stuff like that. So it's, it's actually, it's actually two things, but I, I, I think that's a really, um, that's a unique thing. And it's an ego. Surprisingly, these tough bastards have less of an ego than the other ones that are, it just, it almost doesn't, 
you know, it almost doesn't, it almost doesn't match, right? You would think that the, well, anyway, it, 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 it's, it's a very, it's, it's not that clear. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, it, it's a very gray area. But, but I think it feeds into something that we both think is very important, which is this idea of constantly getting, uh, working on improvement, but process improvement, taking out costs, automation, making things better, that if as you onboard people into your organization, we believe in improvement, which means we talk openly about problems. We're all looking to do things better tomorrow right. than we did today, do more with less. These are common themes. And you know, I don't actually know entrepreneurs who who don't think that that's important. Sometimes they pay lip service to it and then their behavior suggests something else as well, which is also about being real and authentic, isn't it? The, the people we talk to by and large, you could tell just from their tone of voice that they meant what they were talking about. Yeah, and passion. I would. I always see passion as part of that as well. I mean, that it's all connected again, like real, authentic, and that you actually care. Just giving a crap about what you're doing. I mean, like truly, like be caring about the problem, solving the problem, whatever problem you're trying to solve, um, just goes a long way. I mean, it, that, that it seeps through to employees, it seeps through to clients. Um, you know, I, I think that I, yeah, I, I don't, I can't say enough about that as well. Well, and I think talking about caring, that means that's also about setting an example, isn't it? That, it, you know, why should a CEO who bunks off early to the golf course and doesn't, doesn't do his job properly expect other people in the organization to do that job properly? It's, it's fine to go off to the golf course if everything you need to do is done. But the, the idea that the team should care and the owners and the, well, maybe not the owners, but the CEO doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really care is not yeah that goes back to the lifestyle business that's that's the biggest challenge i think with the lifestyle business is that you know that's the whole idea is i'm on an island i'm enjoying my little drink with a with an umbrella in it and other people are working so um because you know and then i'm like made taking a call every hour or something like that and someone delivers me a check on a silver in the days of checks (laughs) delivers a a bank transfer with a lot of yeah and you know obviously there are people who live like that but they shouldn't be ceos and that you know if they've sold the business or they i think there's an honesty there as well as i said it's okay if you as i said if you're compensating people fairly everybody knows what the game is that like you're responsible for running this business and i'm going to pay you for it and you know I'm going to get whatever the lion's share of the the benefit from it. And, but people are okay with that because it's a good job and it's motivating whatever for them. That's fine. It's just going to be hard to find, as we were talking about the really ambitious, talented people that want to work in that type of, in that type of setup. I mean, they're going to want to work in something because it's hard to grow something like that. Right. It's hard. It's hard to make that like, you know, I, you know, I want to have my drinks. I, I, I don't want to invest in, uh, in, uh, you know, in, in software and <laughs> new technology and stuff like that, that cuts into my drinks and my vacations. <laughs> so well, anyway, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's how I think that's the mentality of, uh, uh, to some extent of, uh, of, of, of a lifestyle. lifestyle yeah, and, and, and I think there's a sense of, again, this is quite subtle, but the sense of fairness that if you, you need to treat your people fairly. So as they come into the company, you explain to them clearly, again, communication, this is the way things are. And, yeah. you know, and you, know you, you, you sometimes people have got multiple jobs and maybe, maybe the owner says, well, I'm not running things here, but I show up on Fridays and, you know, this or whatever it is, I'm here on Fridays if you need me. Whatever it is, it just needs to be clearly communicated and provided there's no sort of deception there, that, that can work. I'm, I'm just thinking, maybe we, I think we had tenacity and drive on the list somewhere and i guess i know what you're going to say but do you think it's possible to be a successful entrepreneur if you're not tenacious and you don't have drive 
Um, or drive, I mean, you no. Know. <laughs> <laughs> As, that's what I would, I would be astonished you. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Roll the dice, see what happens. No. I mean, uh, but that's your, we're coming full circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning um, about uh, rejection. And, you know, you have to be, if, if, you're, if you're ready to be rejected, you just don't give up. You keep trying. Um, just keep believing people think you're crazy. You just keep doing it. I mean, basically that's, what's fun about, that's what I like about, uh, you know, what we're doing here on the podcast. I like talking to these entrepreneurs because basically they're all crazy. If you think about it, I mean, they're all, I mean, one way or another, like did the, like they, they, they believed in something, they tried to do something that, you know, and they started with nothing and they, they, they built it up. And I, I, I just find that I just think that's it's interesting to meet people like that because they're just not your sort of everyday type of person. I think this is a very good sort of close, closing theme that the sort of the craziness, the insanity that, you know, to some extent, the entrepreneurs are people who don't accept things the way they are. They want to somehow change them. And, you know, some of the people we talk to, you know, one of them is like wandering down the high street um, trying to find someone important so she can work with them. And, you know, she's walking into strangers' offices and talking. And, you know, she, she, did, she didn't build a huge business, but she built a proper business. And clearly it was that sense that, you know, she wasn't just going to sit there and let life happen to her. She was going to take it back. By the, yeah. by the scruff of the neck and uh, throw herself into it and you know other, other one of our very successful polish entrepreneur he was getting on a train going to another city buying a radio f- repair a broken radio fixing it selling it going back the next weekend just that sort of step-by-step drive and these aren't these aren't fun things to do it's not fun to walk into to walk into an office and just have someone throw you i mean out. yeah can you imagine with your with your paper cv and just like hi i want to drive it's like the same thing we've talked about also the plenty of people another recurring thing for me is like going back to sales is a lot of people did like sales of some sort they were whether you gave the example of selling the radio but also there's examples of people doing whatever selling stuff on the street selling stuff door to door i mean like the just like <laughs> somebody who has the like i the, like they're a kid or they're young and they decide i'm gonna go and try to se- get another human to buy something off me or even a, sell it, selling yourself. I mean, quite a yeah. lot of our people, they had regular jobs along the journey and like yeah. they, they spotted opportunities of a, a job that would take them to a place they wanted to get to. And there's nothing, you know, you can be listening to, think, oh, it's a failure to get a job. No, it isn't. Getting a job is, a, you know, that can be the best thing to do at a particular time while you pick up a skill. Make I mean, it is. It is. Like, let's not. Yeah, let's not. Uh, like you need uh, like, sorry. And this goes back to like education. I mean, Richard, like I don't believe you're going to learn anything when you go to school. So like. If you want to get some real skills, you better go you get a good job and learn how to do something. And then you actually have at least some tangible asset because, you know, it's hard, like the, the like in my case or in some of the other cases, I mean, like to go in with nothing, like to literally know nothing <laughs> about anything and to just like learn it all along the way. I don't I'm not sure that that's optimal. It took me a long time, actually, because I had to learn everything, basically. So I think starting off with a job where you actually make money and actually learn a tangible skill you know, and then you can find, you know, you can, you understand the world better. You understand the, 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 the environment of the business better. Um, you, I think you get real tangible things that you can use if you then go off to be an entrepreneur. So I would not knock uh, getting a job or working at all. Totally. And, and sort of getting out and talking to people, you know, that can be talking to potential people who might give you a job, potential customers, potential people to work with you. That, that, 
getting out of it's getting away I, I suppose there are people who see these online businesses particularly people who are slightly shy a computer won't reject you in the same way at least if a, if a computer says no it's not as humiliating as if as if a human being looks you in the eyes and says sorry Richard I don't want what you're offering me but at that level you know you have to I, I think that this image of it sort of being this sort of glittering glittering road where people are cheering and clapping the sort of tech crunch South by Southwest entrepreneur hero is a bubble that I hope people listening, they realize that all the people who made some, something of their lives, they just bulldozed straight through all the people who weren't cheering them. Maybe not bulldozed through, but they they took account. They knew that it wasn't going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, even on a personal level, I mean, you're not even your loved ones might not uh, like believe or support in what you're doing. And it's it's it is it's just it's it's a, it's a hard it's a hard road. I mean, and, and, it, is, it is a hard road. And I'd actually reflect this might be, I, I kind of noticed that some of our interviewees, some of the people we chatted to, we had the impression it wasn't often they, they sat down and someone was really interested in what they've done. They built this great company, but you know, their family kind of takes it for granted. There's nothing wrong. Your family will always take other family members for granted up to a bit. But, you know, you're doing something special and most of the world just doesn't care. No. <laughs> they don't care. No. And, and you're, you're not going to... And that's gonna... what our podcast is. It's a place to come home to. It's a Please tell us your story. No, and I think, you know, you might think, oh, I've built the largest, whatever, pizza chain in my small city somewhere. No one cares. No one gives a shit. I know. And, and, yet, you, and yet we give a shit because we recognize, maybe not no one. I like the story. I just like the story. I, I, no matter how many interviews we do, I, they're not all going to be the same. Everybody has a different route, a different way. And, and, and that, it, it's really the, the human aspect of it. I, I think that's... Entrepreneurship brings out something about humanity that I just think is interesting. Basically. Maybe we'll just, I, I think we've got about another five minutes. Uh, talk a bit about the sort of people we want to have on the podcast that sometimes every now and again, I get slightly off topic, uh, maybe not topic that people aren't suitable. We're generally looking for people who've done something, right? When it's not right at the beginning, seldom it's someone right at the beginning of their journey. We want people who've been. Yeah, I mean, you have to have some degree of success, some degree of accomplishment. Um, and, you know, primarily we're interested in entrepreneurs, people that have actually set, set up their business um, on their own or with co-founders um, and that ideally have yeah, re- achieved some level of, uh, of, of success. Um, yeah, and success maybe success in terms of what they set out to achieve. It doesn't necessarily have to be the front page of a newspaper, sort of Forbes thirty under thirty or whatever. It's, but what it, somehow the, the goal yeah, of that the, wouldn't they, that wouldn't count as success for me. <laughs> To- <laughs> Making thirty under thirty is not that's that like what did you build? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Like what what did you build yeah. and what happened and did it actually make any money? Did anybody buy it? Like I'm not in, like if that if that if we're not past that stage, then I think we're we're not like yeah. we're we're later stage yeah, and, and you know obviously a, a degree of self-awareness and humility I and mean, it might be quite entertaining for our listeners and us to have someone who's totally un, unaware who is like going on about how marvelous they were but what we want people are ready to share share the ups and downs of the journey and maybe draw out some lessons and we also we want it to be entertaining don't we we want we want it to be not just interesting for us but interesting for you dear listeners yep so how do they sign up, Richard, if they want to uh, remind us? If well, that's, people a want great, to... that's a great question, which I don't think we have a... We don't, we, 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 we can put, we'll put a link. We'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. That's what I think we do. have a link in every episode, but I'm not sure. I thought we had a link in it with every episode, but maybe we don't. I'm afraid the answer to that is... I think we need to work on our process, yeah. Richard. Uh, we need to work on our process, <laughs> but generally we've got, we've got, we've certainly got 
almost enough people lined up for our next season, which will um, we've got some already. We've got some very compelling people in the can and um, in the I can. Think, <laughs> In the can, in the can. That's what they say, apparently. In America, in America, that's the toilet. <laughs> okay, we have some nice files burned into the cloud, whatever they say, stashed away in the cloud. Um, and yeah, we we welcome we welcome feedback if people have got ideas or suggestions or questions. They say, well, why don't you ask that or this? You you can write to write to Kim and I, or or me. You'll you'll find us. I think our, our LinkedIn's are on the. Um, are on the show notes. I think we're talking too much about how to contact us. I think if you, if you, if you care enough, you'll manage. Exactly. Okay, Kim, do you, want, do you want to wrap up and do the thanks? Yeah, so thanks for taking the time to listen to, listen to us today. Ramble on for, I don't know how long this was, an hour? Did we do an hour? Not quite. I don't know. Uh, we rambled on for a while. Anyway, thanks guys for listening. Um, and thanks to my daughter Magda for doing the graphic design, the video editing. She does the teasers. First teaser is going to come out next week. Uh, next week, which we don't know which week this is because this is just some random like, thing. But anyway, it's going to, for whatever, believe me, it's going to come out next week. Um, there's, we, I also want to thank Magda Bushkosh. She's a intern that uh, Actually, Kim, it can't come out next week because the teaser's got to come out before this. I said the teaser. I meant the, the teaser. But it can't be next week because it's got to be before this. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're in a time warp here. This is we're in like a time loop. We're the, recording this, but it won't the, come out. How about just saying the teaser is going to come out? <laughs> oh, this. Thank you. I'm sure nobody's listening at this point. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, thanks to Magda Buiskos, who our intern uh, who does PR, PR and promotion. Everybody at NBN who does the sound quality and makes the sound extra special, particularly Richard's voice. They, they seem to do a good job with that. Um, and please do subscribe, like, love, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, and obviously, if you have anything to share or comment, please do so as well. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Richard. Thanks for another interesting conversation. And we'll, we're here. We're back. Looking forward to another season. 